to episode 93 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about March 2020. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as price gouging, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, secession, or abortion comes up, please take a minute and share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, and most recently, ThinkSpot. The video versions of the podcast are available on YouTube, BitChute.com, and Brighteon.com. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook and Twitter advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Wow. What a month it has been. Obviously, the coronavirus is the only thing anyone can think or talk about, but before I tackle the virus, let's look at some of what we shall say normal news items there were for the month. As you might recall, prior to this month, the news was filled with the Democratic Party primaries. Up until this point, Bernie had been holding his own in Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Then came his crushing defeat in South Carolina, and then came Super Tuesday, which was March 3rd. Remember that? Remember the world pre-coronavirus? Anyways, on Super Tuesday, Biden won Alabama, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. Bernie won California, Vermont, Colorado, and Utah. And Bloomberg, who spent half a billion dollars, won the American Samoa. Well done, Mike. Then Buttigieg, Klobuchar, and Bloomberg bailed out and all of them mysteriously endorsed Biden. Then Beto O'Rourke came out of hiding and endorsed Biden. Then former nominee, California Senator, and all-around nasty lady Kamala Harris endorsed Joe Biden for the nomination in a video described by Byron York for its hostage tape production values. She framed the endorsement in terms of civil rights, which is the same subject she attacked him on during the campaign and in one of the early debates. She's just a horrible person. I think she needs Jesus. Elizabeth Warren dropped out of the presidential race shortly after Super Tuesday, and to this day, April 3rd, has refused to endorse anyone. My guess is she is negotiating with Biden's team for the VP position. If she doesn't get it, she has to endorse Bernie, given his socialistic agenda. On Super Tuesday, besides the primaries... While we were living in the greatest economy in the history of America, according to President Trump, the Federal Reserve announced an emergency rate cut of 50 basis points. Of course, their excuse was to fight the coronavirus, which was impacting supply lines coming out of China. Peter Schiff put it this way, quote, The Federal Reserve says the U.S. economy is strong, but it just initiated emergency monetary policy last seen during the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression, end quote. I don't want to gloss over this fact. The Federal Reserve's answer to a supply problem is to pump more money into the marketplace in order to do what? Stimulate the economy, stupid. Right, right. I I get that ridiculous theory, but my question is, what exactly are these geniuses expecting members of the economy to buy when there is a supply problem? Then, later in the month, the Federal Reserve went back down to zero interest rates. The Fed cut rates by 100 basis points, leaving it at 0 to 25 basis points. 
So in just two weeks, the Fed cut rates by 150 basis points, or 1.5% to zero. Then the Fed stood up the so-called Corona Stimulus Rescue Bill. More on that shortly. Tornadoes devastated Nashville, killing 25 people. The Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer threatened two Supreme Court justices by name in front of a mob at the Supreme Court building as the court was set to hear an abortion case. There, of course, were no repercussions, not even a censure from his fellow gentlemen and women, as they like to refer to each other in the Senate. What a disgusting organization. I can't help to point out yet again the level of religiosity demonstrated by the National Democrats when it comes to killing babies in the womb. It continues to sicken me. Just when I thought I saw the worst of Democrats, when they lit up the Empire State Building in pink to celebrate a partial birth abortion bill, Schumer steps up to the mic and demonstrates what a coward he is by threatening people with a mob facing him. Let's be honest, he should have been charged with inciting a riot and removed from office, but the Republicans in Washington are a bunch of worthless cowards. Bernie and Biden debated in front of an empty auditorium and a largely empty TV audience, both due to the coronavirus crisis and lack of interest. Biden continued to say stupid shit, including that he would not deport illegal aliens who had committed felonies. Quote, in the first hundred days of my administration, no one, no one will be deported at all. From that point on, the only deportations that will take place are commissions of felonies in the United States of America. Wow. Sanders just could not find it in himself to cast any dispersions on Fidel Castro, despite repeated attempts by the moderators. The only other noteworthy things was Biden's pledge to end fracking in the United States and his pledge to pick a female running mate. Thus my comments about Elizabeth Warren. I know it isn't cool to question Biden's mental health, but to promise to kill the sector of the economy with the highest growth rate with some of the highest paying jobs can only be explained two ways, stupidity or mental illness. The railroading and cover-up of the willfully negligent prosecution of Michael Flynn accelerated as the FBI claimed to have lost the notes from the first set of interviews in which the agency concluded he did nothing wrong. He will end up being pardoned by Trump. I hope he sues the feds for willful negligence and recovers all of his legal expenses. What a travesty. The stock market dropped around 30% from March 4th to March 23rd. It crashed faster than both the Great Depression and Black Monday, and in terms of a total drawdown, the crash of 2020 is now worse than 1929 and is fast approaching 1987. Ugly, ugly month in the stock market. Yet another slap in the face of savers instigated by the Federal Reserve. Speaking of the stock market, any sane person looking to exchange their soon-to-be-worthless U.S. dollar bills for something more stable, like gold and silver, found that market seized up. Too much demand and not enough supply. Mainstream retail sites were selling gold coins for about $100 over spot price and silver over $10. Which means, while gold was selling for, say, $15.50 an ounce, a one-ounce Canadian maple leaf was selling for $1,650 and higher. Silver was around $13 an ounce, and a one-ounce coin was selling for $23. Crazy times. Could it be price gouging? See episode 92 for more on that. Now on with the coronavirus. 
First off, if you are listening to this any time in 2020, or maybe two or three or 20 years from now, I've, I have no idea how these episodes will be archived in the decades to come, just understand that the world changed in March 2020, all because of our reaction to the coronavirus. As a recap, in last month's Month in Review episode, the virus was pretty much limited to China. By the end of February, virtually every country on the planet had at least one case, but we hadn't seen anything yet. Italy only had 500 confirmed cases, Germany 21, there were 700 people in New York sitting in isolation, California had 31 confirmed cases and 8,400 people in isolation. Throughout March, the news grew increasingly grim. The corrupt and worthless World Health Organization finally declared Corona-19 as a pandemic after kissing the Chinese government's ass for weeks. Do an internet search on Corona World Health Organization response if you want to see that. President Trump declared a travel ban from European countries, with the exception of the UK. This following a travel ban from China that he announced in January and was called a xenophobe. Tom Hanks and his wife announced that they had the coronavirus. Then the NBA suspended their season after a Utah jazz player tested positive for the virus. Over 20 senior citizens died in a retirement home in Washington state. For most of the month of March, those deaths accounted for the majority of those in the United States. Seattle schools closed for two weeks, then virtually every school system followed suit. Italy closed stores. The MGM announced that a guest at the Mirage tested positive. Several prominent European soccer players contracted the virus. Dr. Fauci, part of Trump's coronavirus task force, headed up by Vice President Pence, warned that the virus was 10 times more deadly than the flu and could impact millions if not handled early. All sports were canceled. Soccer, basketball, Major League Baseball, college sports. ESPN has absolutely nothing to talk about except the NFL free agency. Washington, D.C. mayor declared a public health emergency. Washington state banned events with over 200 people. Virtually every other municipality in America imposed similar restrictions. Chicago canceled the St. Patty's Day parade. Los Angeles strangely allowed their annual marathon to go on. Biden went dark for a solid week once the crisis hit. Then with a studio set up in his house, he repeatedly coughed into his hand during a CNN interview. When the interviewer told him, you're supposed to cough in your elbow, Mr. Vice President, Biden said, it's okay, I'm by myself here. In subsequent interviews, Biden continued to stutter and make no sense. Governor Cuomo of New York began daily press conferences where he appeared human. Well, some days he railed against Trump and the federal government. Other days he thanked the feds for their support. Some are saying given his performance during this crisis and Biden's clear mental decline that Cuomo will end up being the Democrats' nominee for president in the fall. The UK health minister caught the virus. Later in the month, Prime Minister Boris Johnson tested positive. The U.S. closed the north and south borders. I guess open borders ain't such a good thing after all, huh, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie, Joe, AOC, and every other national Democrat in good standing with the party who won't dare speak the truth about the need for border enforcement? South Korea was nailed early by the virus given their shared border with China. However, they were fully prepared after the SARS scare. They were able to contain the outbreak and, as of today, have one of the lowest fatality rates versus confirmed case ratios. Unlike South Korea, Italy was devastated by the virus. Given their above-average age population, the family-oriented culture, and the nationalized medical system, the virus wreaked havoc there. 
At one point during the month, almost a thousand deaths occurred in one day, with the death total at the end of the month standing at over 13,000 people, with a fatality rate of almost 12%, much, much higher than most of the first world nations. New York, New Jersey, Detroit, and New Orleans became hotspots for the virus. Prince Charles contracted the virus and a couple weeks later lived to talk about it. As a nation, we started out with social distancing guidance of 15 days to expire on March 30th. Then on March 30th, the federal government extended the period through the end of April. Most local jurisdictions and states have already implemented similar stay-at-home orders already. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu went into self-quarantine after an aide tested positive. Hospital ships arrived in New York and California to deal with non-coronavirus cases, leaving the hospital beds available for the virus victims. An existing antiviral, anti-malaria, anti-arthritis drug is being used to fight the coronavirus. Vaccines are in the works, but likely 18 months away. 3.3 million people filed for unemployment in one week. Then the first week of April, we saw 6 million people file. That's 10 million people in just two weeks. After shutting down the economy and killing millions of jobs and businesses, Congress passed and the president signed another never-let-a-crisis-go-to-waste gargantuan spending bill supposedly targeted to rescue the American economy from the coronavirus shutdown. Rather than passing a dozen single-issue, single-initiative bills, they just passed one $2 trillion bill packed with your typical non-related special interest payments. Our system is so broken. It's such a sad state of affairs. One of my home state senators, Richard Burr, sold off a chunk of his stock portfolio ahead of the coronavirus market sell-off. This after attending classified briefings on the virus. He and a few other members of Congress that did the same thing are under investigation. Every college in America kicked the kids off campus and were forced to conduct classes online. Waffle House announced the closing of some of their restaurants, which, given the circumstances, is not that big of a deal as most restaurants are closed or just offering takeout. The significance of the Waffle House closings indicates the seriousness of the crisis, as the house is known to never close the restaurants in areas devastated by natural disasters. You can always get some hash browns and coffee post-hurricane, but apparently not in the midst of a virus outbreak. As reported in Yahoo News, known as the Waffle House Index, the, the restaurant chain's prestige for staying open in all circumstances has become an informal metric used by FEMA and the general public to help determine the effectiveness of a disaster. At green level, the restaurant offers full service and a full menu. At yellow level, a limited menu is offered with little food supplies or lack of power. At red level, restaurant closures abound due to severe damage, or in these times, severe social distancing. The month ended with 75% of Americans under stay-at-home orders, and with 855,000 confirmed cases and 42,000 deaths worldwide. As of month end, the United States had 186,000 cases and 3,800 deaths. Italy had 105,000 cases and 12,000 deaths. Spain had almost 96,000 cases with 8,400 deaths. China's numbers are worthless to quote because they lie about them. Same with Iran's numbers, but early on, before they stopped sharing the virus-related information, senior-level officials in the Iranian regime were dropping like flies. If you are looking for an easy-to-read reference guide to have on your desk or bookshelf that covers many of the topics tackled here on the TruthQuest podcast, grab a copy of my book, Critical Thinking, spelled with a P like Paul. 
The subtitle is The Lost Art of Critical Thinking and Common Sense in Politics and Public Policy. In it, I tackle dozens of public policy issues from a logical, pragmatic perspective. It's available at Amazon and anywhere books are sold. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for more information. And please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.